everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Showdown Podcast. My name's Jesse Jones, and on the show today, we've got the chief experience curator for Blue Run, baby. That's right. My buddy Trey Wade is on the program today. I've known Trey for a while now. He is one of my good friends in whiskey, and I'm so happy to finally have him on so we can sit down, drink some Blue Run, talk some Blue Run. We're going to talk about Chosen, his first private barrel program with the company. I mean, Trey is just not only one of the best palates I know, but when it comes to just well-informed, versatile bourbon drinker, there's nobody better than Trey Wade, and I'm so happy to have him on the program today. Me and him are going to do a deep dive into how he came to be at Blue Run, how he came to lead its first private barrel program. I mean, Trey's been doing this for a minute or two. He's made more than 120 private barrel picks along his whiskey journey, and now he's going to walk me through how this new chosen private barrel program is going to work. It is going to be kicking off on March 23rd. That's next week. We're all going to culminate in Bardstown. We are going to be there for his chosen barrel program premiere, where all of the people that have been submitting into the single barrel program are going to have their chance to find out if they have been chosen to be a part of his first private barrel program. Have I said that enough times? I should have because I'm excited about it. You like to see your friends do well. You especially like to see your friends do well with such a cool idea as this chosen event that Trey has put together. So very happy to have him on the show. We sit there, we drink whiskey, we do what we do when the camera's not running. We just uh, talk, have a good conversation while drinking good spirits. And Blue Run is definitely some damn good bourbon. So thank you, Trey, for being on the show. We're going to get, I think that's it. I think that's all the up top we need. Let's get to it. I would ask you to go hit like and subscribe on all the things on Instagram, on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find the Bourbon Showdown. If you're looking for some comedy, I am on the road right now. I'll be in Myrtle Beach all this week. I will be in Charleston next week. I'll be back in Kentucky for Trey's event next week, too, in Bardstown. So it's it's I'm all over the place. Go to Jesse Jones online to find out everywhere I'm going to be. Go to bourbonshowdown.com to find out the whiskey schedule. It's I, I'm all over the place right now, guys. If you want to see me live this spring and summer's the time to do it because the get out of my head tour is in full steam and you can find it anywhere you just go to jesse jones on instagram jessejonesonline.com you can find me and for right now let's get this train a rolling shall we he is trey wade he is the chief experience curator for blue run this is the bourbon showdown podcast my name is jesse jones let's start uh, the show All right, everybody. I am here today with my good buddy, Trey Wade. He is the chief experience curator, awesome title, at Blue Run. Let's go. What's going on, buddy? I'm so happy to be here in the den of all places. I know, right? We are in (laughs) Trey's fortress of solitude. (laughs) My happy place. His happy place. He has invited us in to the den. We're going to be drinking some delicious Blue Run bourbon, and we are going to have a good time today. So first and foremost, buddy, 
It's fantastic to have you on. It's fantastic to, to be here, man. I love super fan of the show. Some of my favorite episodes of any content of any type is uh, comes from Jesse with the Bourbon Showdown. And so I'm excited to hopefully add to a long running list of exciting stuff. Did I just see episode 400 somewhere happen? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We're not. We're not that high. Yet. OK, I was. I thought you're what's the number? Uh, we're at? right at 100. We're oh, right so at 100. I knew it was 100 so, something. I yep. just I like to exaggerate uh, when my friends succeed. So <laughs> 400 oh. sounds like a a good number. When too. I tell people, I think I'm in the thousands at this point. <laughs> and that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, we've known each other for a few years now. Yeah, man. Uh, the beauty of whiskey is when it happens organically, Trey and I sort of ran into one another through mutual friends, uh, similar palettes, very similar work ethics. Neither one of us like to stop <laughs> uh, it seems ever. Yeah. So that kind of uh, create it's created multiple fun whiskey occasions. And now you're here. You're doing it, man. You're doing it with Blue Run. Uh, tell me a little bit. How, how did you get into whiskey? Yeah, super exciting. Um, you know, I wish I had a super colorful story, but I honestly fell into whiskey as a curious consumer, right? As I think a lot of people did. Uh, years ago, I was working with a, a malt beverage company, a beer company specifically, and doing you know market insights and helping them understand, you know, what is it that moves product? What is it that attaches your product to a good experience for people, right? And and, and there was a much more you know, evolved thought than that. But that was the, the, the core principle of what I was doing and candidly traveling, you know, as a, as a young 21, 22, 23 year old at that time, uh, got burnt out on beer. Uh, right, you know, you, right. you drink a lot of beer and I was it, waiting for that. There's a, whole, there's a whole lot of it. You know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not crazy conscious of my weight, but you right. can't unhelp. You can't not notice the weight you put on when you drink a lot of beer. Um, and, and I love beer. I, 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 don't think we're saying anything bad about beer, but there is only so far you can go down that rabbit hole yeah. before it becomes that kind of uh, you notice the belly, you notice uh, uh, and your palate kind of plateaus a little bit, a, a little bit, you know, and that and this is even I mean, granted, like the craft beer feels like it's gone on for a long time now, but right. this was before it. Truly, truly, I think like pre boom jumped into its 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 true form, and so um, you know, candidly, I, I traveled a good bit, and I'd sit at a bar, and I'd, you know, I'm a curious consumer, and I'd ask a bartender to make me a cocktail, and just like a lot of folks, I think I started off with the stuff that was a bit sweeter, and then I got right. tired of all the sugar, and evolved into something that's like, hey, can I actually taste what's in my drink? Right, uh, and very fortunately, I found enough bartenders that were willing to have a conversation with me on a random Tuesday that it was slow. Uh, that I got to learn a whole lot about the spirits, uh, not just whiskey, but a bunch of different spirits that I was drinking at the time. And you really can't take that for granted. So many uh, big brothers and sisters in whiskey are those bartenders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the same way that your uh, your siblings would curate your musical taste growing up. A good bartender can point you down a proper path. Yeah. Or an expensive path. Exactly. So find the right bar and trust the right people. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, and that's the cool thing about it. I feel like I found naturally I'm a foodie. Right. So I feel right. like I found places to consume spirits that were also big on the food and the experience around telling a story with whatever they were consuming. And, and you're not so, only a foodie, you're like a cook. Like I, you put things out there where you're like, Oh, I guess Trey's <laughs> eating at 11 Madison tonight. Nope. Kitchen. That's his house. I love, love, love to, it's, it's one of my, it's a, another one of my safe spaces is like my kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. Like I got mm -hmm. here. I hang out mm -hmm. in here. This is a good room for me to, um, 
honestly just kind of be in awe of the things that I'm curious in. And that's the number <laughs> of bottles. But then I go in the kitchen and it's it's almost like a combination between Iron Chef, which is like, okay, what did I buy today? It's like whatever right. was on sale at the grocery store. Yep. Um, and, and an opportunity to like put good food on the table for myself, my family, um, all those things. And so I I love to cook just the same that I love to drink because there's so many things you can explore with a single ingredient. You know, corn is something that is extremely versatile, just like a lot of ingredients that you might cook food with. Completely. And there's also that sense of adventure when you are cooking that day Mm -hmm. and you are cooking with what you found at the grocery store. Uh, The same as your spirits, like what mood are you in? What are you curating for your emotion uh, of that day? Exactly. Uh, I think we both probably get similar questions oftentimes, like what's your favorite? What are you, I, I, I always try to like curb them towards yeah. not what's your favorite. What are you drinking today? Yeah. It's very simple. It's like, it's, it's just like food. What do you have a taste for? Yeah. Yes. That's how whiskey is for me or spirits in general. What do you have a taste for tonight? Yep. And you know, this is one of the things that I try to impress upon people and share with people is that if you just pay attention to what you consume and don't just say, I do or I don't like it and realize why you do or don't like something, you'll start to find yourself driving down those paths of like, Ooh, I really want this particular whiskey today because it's this, or I want this particular spirit, you know, it may not even be whiskey today because it's that. Yes. And it's just like not every day. I love steak. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to eat it seven days a week. Right. Um, uh, nor should you because of the gout. <laughs> yes, indeed. The gout is, <laughs> is a thing. Uh, but no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And not to go too uh, deep down the rabbit hole here, but I feel like it helps you kind of um, figure out not only your palate, like the longer you go and the the more you experience, the greater your palate grows. But in terms of what you just said, the you figure out your moods a little bit. Yeah. Like certain things pair better with hard days than they do hot days, than yep. they do cold days, than they do great days. Yeah. So once you figure that out, you've kind of got like a, an emotional tasting will. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I do have one rule that I also impress upon people is like, if I'm not in a good headspace, you know, if I'm in a, in a bad amount of stress, I don't drink. It's, totally. it's, it's, it's very healthy for me to tell myself like, Hey, today's not a day that alcohol is something you need. And so I don't drink a good number of days. I think that's uh, a phenomenal, I think more people would probably have a longer lasting palate if they would adhere to that. You enjoy drinking more if you don't associate drinking with negative feelings. A thousand percent. And if you crack something, especially if you're in a bad mood, don't crack something new Yeah, because you're going to sit there and the first thing you taste is going to be that bad day. Frustration. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, this sucks. (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious. That's a good point though. It's true. I've recently had what I deemed an unlucky pair of pants. Okay. (laughs) There is nothing unlucky about these pants. Yeah. I was wearing them when something stupid happened. And now every time I put them on, I'm wary of that emotion. You just imagine something stupid's going to happen. You just imagine it's going to happen again. So I don't wear those pants. Don't Mm -hmm. do that to your bourbon. (laughs) Your bourbon deserves to be drank and celebrated. That's right. That's Uh, right. I love it when we get together because who uh, unlucky pants wasn't anything in my notes for this conversation. (laughs) At least you have notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is one thing I'll give you, man. You are the most prepared cat I know, and you make it look so easy. 
Like, like you never stop yeah. and you always have like a Rolodex of everything you need to do in your brain. And, and you don't like I, with, without my little cheat sheets, yeah. I'd be lost, man. <laughs> I pay those hamsters overtime. They're they they, are, they are definitely doing their job up there, but that's another good reason. Another, you know, just mental health is super, super important. Um, just being sharp, being mindful of what you got going on. Uh, this, this, this whiskey thing, this whiskey game, it's consumed. It can, it can very easily consume you. Yep. Um, and again, I got into it as a consumer. Like I didn't right. start into whiskey saying, Hey, I want to go be a whiskey executive or a professional at, you know, a, a super sexy whiskey brand or, or in the whiskey space at all. I didn't want to be a bartender. I, I had, that wasn't my, my goal. Yeah. Um, it was a matter of just doing what was natural to me and being curious, connecting people, sharing the information that I was fortunate enough to, to gather and going out and doing it repeatedly, repeat, repeatedly and repeatedly and picking up the pace in that. And that's what got me here. And I think that's carried on and that you could see that in every, pretty much every aspect of my life. And I think that when you find something you like, like if you don't want to be working a job you hate, then you need to take the path that you just said, where go at it for the right reasons. If you, if you start whiskey to get somewhere, you're kind of cheating yourself a little bit. It's kind of like, um, there's, there's a saying, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a tangent. Someone asked someone, uh, is a hundred thousand dollars, a lot of money. And it goes, is it, it isn't until you make it because right. if that's your goal, when you make that, you're going to be unsatisfied. Uh, whiskey's kind of like that is having X number of bottles or having that particular bottle, right. uh, worth it. Right. You know, it is until you have it and then you go look for the next thing. And so if you get hungry for something, that's what will satisfy you. So I was always hungry for knowledge. And so it's like, is it no, is knowing what you know enough? It was until I knew it right now I'm hungry for more knowledge and more opportunity to learn. A thousand, I, I complete, dude, a thousand percent. Uh, it's like comedy. You've got these people that get into it because they want to be on the tonight show or they want to be on Saturday night live. Yeah. And it's fine to have those goals, mm-hmm. but those goals will not be, you won't be fulfilled by accomplishing them unless you get that high from being on stage. Exactly. If you don't have a love for that game, then any accolades are kind of like, that Christmas toy that you received after you already received 20 others. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it, it's just another thing. Correct. It's something you have to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you don't want anything in your life to be something you have to do. Mm-hmm. Everything should be a, you know, for the most part, fun excursion or, or at least something you enjoy, yeah. especially then, if you're going to do it all the time. And then there's taxes and then there's taxes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Which, which um, I've gotten to the point. I won't even say those three letters around my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> good, good, very, very smart. Yeah. Uh, so you get into it as a consumer, yep. you're curious, everything you've said makes sense in what I know about you. Uh, what was the uh, origin story? What was the Trey Wade? I'm taking this a little further. I'm now a little more than just a consumer. I'm starting to find myself a connoisseur. Yeah, what, what was that step? It's pretty funny. Um, it's probably, it's probably a combination of, of a couple of things. So I took my brother to Kentucky to do the bourbon trail for the first time for his 30th. Um, and it was one of those moments where we like, we sat out on a plan, we, you know, did all the right things. We had a budget, we had a number of bottles we do. We, uh, he was super excited to go. And next thing you know, and there's a picture, I actually might no, it's not my profile picture now, but it, it was one of the first pictures I posted on, uh, my, my whiskey Instagram. And next thing you know, I'm sitting around a table and there's I think 90 bottles in front of me. <laughs> and, and, and do you it, remember where you were? 
I was sitting at, a, at the Airbnb in Germantown in Louisville. Oh, um, beautiful. You had curated 90 bottles for yourself in, in three days. We had, we had, you know, we did, we did 13 distilleries, uh, you know, and tours at most of them, at least a tasting at most at all of them. And then tours at most of them. Right. Um, and I just found myself consumed. It was also the first time I had taken time off of work for a long time. So I was just, solely focused on like right. let's go have fun let's and then i had fun. my my brother and his best friend with me with me and i was kind of showing them the ropes and showing them around uh you know whiskey country and and it was just extremely cool to see uh what my my curiosity looked like if i did it full time right you know for right, that, for right, that right, short right. window of, of an opportunity and so i come home and you know i it, there was no sneaking 100 bottles in the house at that point and no. so uh you know bringing bottles in box after box after box. And the wife's kind of sitting on the couch and doesn't really notice me at first until, you know, box number three or four shows right, up and she's right. like, okay, uh, how was your trip? And I was like, it's still happening. Uh, and, and so, but then I, I realized what I did with those, I started to dissect and learn even more than what I thought I already knew about those bottles, but beyond, beyond the label, beyond the whiskey started to deep dive into the people behind the brands, uh, the, the legacies of the labels and things of that nature. And just a deep dive, it, you know, and it, it kind of, and it felt, it felt natural. It felt fun. It felt like something, yeah. uh, it felt like I was discovering something that was right in front of me for so long. Um, and, uh, and that what I, is what I feel like was the, was like the tipping point. And then I, I would say all hell broke loose when I bought, when I built a house right. and had the space to really go crazy. Uh, that was before this, this collection behind me. Oh, this so is, I, that's pre this. I, yeah. I think I brought from, you know, the, the house that it started, it started with maybe 150 bottles in that, in that space. And then in about six month time, I was up to about 350. Uh, and then in six months time. Yeah. And then, ah! you know, this room, and this is three years ago. So two years ago. So this room now has just under 1800 bottles in it of spirit, not just whiskey. Right. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> it is. It is. It, I mean, it's um. What's that old song? Uh, from the windows to the walls, like, <laughs> to the whiskey drops down my glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll leave it there. The edited version. Yeah, right. <laughs> the um, how did your wife take to uh, this newfound uh, affinity for spirits? But much like probably most wives. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the, we have a. We have a good understanding of one. I'm extremely financially and fiscally responsible. Right. I think a lot of people get in trouble two ways with whiskey. They overconsume or they overspend. A thousand um, percent or and, both. And and I have a pretty pretty thick line with myself of not doing either. Uh, and that line carries over to the you know just respect for my my family. I don't want to put us in jeopardy of anything. And so totally. Uh, so she you know she trusts me in that regard. And so there was always there's always like the hey you know wow this many more bottles huh but it's also it's it's kind of like one of those things where you kind of have to say something because of the quantity right but right. she knew you know she knew that i was doing it out of passion and and candidly she has her things as well she like she's got her things that she likes too of so. course of course but that's a good partner too when they support versus yeah. i won't um, say support but but she was not <laughs> she didn't she didn't detract either she didn't deflect <laughs> right. she, she she was neutral she was switzerland on the, on the subject yeah <laughs> very cool so you start building your palette. You start mm. doing the deep dive on what you like. Are you now, how, how did you deep dive? Like you're going through, you're, you're dissecting the labels, you're dissecting what's in the bottle. Were you establishing what you liked or were you just establishing like a base of, of, of flavors at that I, point? I think subconsciously I was figuring out what I liked, but my, my perspective, my lens into it 
is something that I picked up when I was young. So I went to, I started school in Germany when I was born, uh, both my parents are military and, um, and, and I don't know if they did this in the States or not, but you go through all your senses and like you eat a bunch of stuff like raw, like, uh, raw cabbage and lemon peel and, and like grass, like grass and just stuff. You just very and they, German. And they teach you about like, at least on, on the military base, I was on, they teach you about bitter and sweet and salty and, oh, that's and awesome. that way. Right. And so, um, I'll never forget like falling in love with lemon peel and being the kid that ate all the lemon peel during the, <laughs> the sensory moment in, in like first or second grade. And so I went through it that way. I was just tasting it and I was trying to relate it to an individual taste. Right. Right. And I think um, that's probably now that I know more about sensory that that's so much it away that well, that's so much more detailed than I think a lot of people start. So, you know, and that's not how I try to teach people sensory. When I teach people sensory, I say, let's start super broad. Think of a memory. Think of a, uh, an experience. Think of a, a, a complete something before you try to get nuanced and say, oh, this has this in it and this specific item in it. Oh, uh, it's like eating a, eating a, eating a pie. Would you ever say, oh, this has salt in it? Right, right, no, right, right. No, no, but there's hundred percent salt. It's somewhere in that pie, whether it right. be the crust or the butter that you used or whatever have you. That's how, but, the, but you could absolutely say this tastes like X type of pie, apple pie. Totally, totally. Right. And so I, I try to take the, Hey, this tastes like apple pie approach when I teach people. But when I was teaching myself, I was looking for the salt. Right. Um, and, and I think subconsciously I figured out what I liked because I looked at all those individual ingredients and saw how they played together. Um, you know, how, well, salt is great. That's, you know, it's obviously salty. Let's find something to balance that. So where's the sweet that I'm finding in this? Those chef and notes I, start coming in. And I start to find the sweet and salty. Right. And it's like, okay, well, it'd be great to have some sort of foundation under that sweet and salty because both of those can be bright. And so I'd look for the base, the oak, right? The, the so wood. you're deconstructing and building at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this weird thing that I didn't know I did until somebody helped me like speak it out. No, totally. That's, and that's such a interesting way to go about it too, because I, you're right. People do both. Uh, either they go broad with their tasting notes or they go very granular with their tasting notes. And, and I have found it's harder to get people to, I don't want to say be honest, but, but trust themselves. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a better way to say it. Oh yeah. It. Big time. Uh, because they know there's certain right answers that are always there. And there's certain things that if you're in a new group of people, you can say where, where you're probably not wrong. Like I, I get caramel, I get brown sugar. I, I get the general tasting notes. The safe notes. And, the safe and, notes, and those, yes. are, those are, you're correct. You're, they're probably there. You know, my rule when I tell people this, when you taste whiskey, if you taste it the first time, it's there. I don't care what's going on. Unless you say something, you know, completely off the wall and, you know, even, there's probably some whiskeys out there that taste like it. Unless you say it tastes like pepperoni pizza or, or something egregious of that nature. Right. I'm probably going to trust you. Right. Uh, that that's I, what your brain, that was the immediacy that your brain spit out. Correct. I, I had an Amaro this past weekend in, in Charleston and it, uh, it reminded me of, of crab oil. It's called, it was a low country Amaro. And I was like, this tastes like old Bay seasoning. Uh, it reminds me of, of a, of a seafood broil. It had those notes in it. hundred percent. Like you would never think the two together. Right. Um, but then I, you put it in front of someone else and, 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 and then have not heard what I said and have them talk to the notes and they would say, oh, they, you know, they, they were trying to be very specific. Oh, there's a niece here and there's some bay leaf and I can taste like all these things. Like, yeah, that's, does it taste like crab oil to you? Right. And they were like, that's exactly what it tastes <laughs> like. Um, and so I always try to tell people, no matter how you get there, just understand that if you start from what 
is honest, right? You're like, you have a better chance of getting to, to what's actually there. Your actual, what you actually think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had someone recently tell me that they were doing sensory, uh, in, in areas where it, it, there were no distractions, like yeah. a, like a dark, like they, they were literally doing sensory yeah. in the dark. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, it's this weird, like sensory deprivation or sensory, sen- sensory isolation is what it's called. Sensory isolation. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think about that? That, cause I mean, the way he was saying it, like he, he, everything was heightened a little bit, but, yeah, yeah. but was it, or was it just that you think it is because of your scenario? Um, there's two schools of thought, uh, the school of thought from uh, like a, an actual quote unquote scientific standpoint is yes, true. If you, if you eliminate the, the work of all the other senses, it's like a muscle, right? If right. nothing is in my body is working right now, then yeah, I've got more time to focus on this one thing. There you go. There but, you go. Um, and, and people that are, have disabilities. So someone goes blind and their, their hearing may get better because it has to it's, it's yeah, it's working harder. It's, it's the, right. these senses are muscles most often. And so the, the, the other school of thought for me personally is that no one actually drinks this product that way. Right. Um, right. and so there's benefits, there's pros and cons to both. Oh, because if I go, if I go into a, a sterile environment and give you the most nuanced specific um, tasting notes that I can pull out of that glass. And I'm sure I could pull some ridiculous ones out. And then you go and taste that whiskey when you're hanging out with your buddy like this. Right. And you're like, I don't taste any of that shit. It's because we had two completely different environments. Totally. And what's more common is that people drink whiskey in social settings. And even if they aren't, if they're drinking it by themselves, they are drinking it not in a completely sensory isolation. It's like isolation mode. And so there's pros and cons to both. Right. Um, when it comes to putting out notes that I, I would imagine people buy a product because of, I try not to do sensory isolation. Um, if I'm doing notes that I'll send back to a brand, specifically Blue Run or somebody else, then I will do sensory isolation because we have to get honed in on nuance and differentiation between our our, 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 our profiles, our characters, excuse me, our, our expressions. And so so I think there's 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 a time and a place for both. But I think to argue that one is better than the other is kind of a circle, right? You know, you're not really getting anywhere. That whiskey circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goes, we've made barrel picks together before. And I think that's a great lead into uh, some of the things you're doing right now with Blue Run. Yeah. Every time we've done a pick together, there's always two conversations, which one you're, because the point of it is to A, pick something delicious, yeah. but B, Pick something that other people will like as well. For sure. Uh, yeah. That's always a fine balance. This, yeah. It's a razor's edge of, of, is it, is it good? And will other people like it too? Mm-hmm. There's no one whiskey that pleases everybody. Um, you, I guarantee you can find the perfect whiskey that, you know, somebody's just not going to like. Totally. You know, even totally. if they love whiskey, it's just, that's how subjective this is. That's what makes it, that's what makes it fun. Quite candidly. Totally. Um, a thousand percent agree. You know, with the, the blue run program chosen, I, I was really, really focused, hyper-focused in when I developed the program to make sure that it was a type of program that anybody at any level of whiskey consumerism could jump into and, and feel right at home. Right. Right. Uh, whether you had never done a pick before, didn't really even drink whiskey all the way up to if you were, you know, the whiskey guy uh, I, I, and everywhere in between. I wanted to make sure that this was a program that was curated to the consumer uh, is the best way to, to kind of describe it. And we've done that from a number of ways, not just with the, the inventory that's been selected. And there's a healthy variety of, you know, proofs and ages and mash bills that went into this that I think makes it really cool to be able to sit down and taste uh 
three to five to 10 different samples and say, wow, I can really see difference across a spectrum of things, not just mouthfeel or nose, but, uh, you know, finish and how the complexity of these two look to get filled together versus these two. And with my experience of sensory or just my lens in a sensory, being able to facilitate that, that experiential moment was something I was hyper-focused on. Um, because it truly does make what's in the bottle something that the consumer is more bought into. And at the end of right. the day, you know, they've got to put their name on it just like us to go get it out and, and sell it to folks. So, well, and that's a cool idea for multiple reasons. Uh, you're inviting people that may not otherwise have had a hand in this. Yeah. So you're giving yeah. them an opportunity to be a part of the barrel, to be a part of something and, and curate their own personal flavors. Yeah. I was, um, I, I, I there's a, there's a, there's a love and a hate for me personally with the idea that the same people every year get to do the barrel selections, sure, the big people, sure. right? you know, the big brands or whatever have you. And so a, another pillar of focus for me was making sure that this was, you know, there was some sort of equal opportunity to participate in, in our program. Right. And, um, you know, candidly, we are, we are one of those brands that's supported beyond what we can handle. Right. Totally. Not, not, not handle, but even fathom to understand there's so many people, we had almost a thousand people, uh, throw their name in the hat to like, a, to, like immediately. To, to, yeah. To participate in this program this year. And those folks are going to be, you know, hoping that they're, they get called for one of 16 slots. Right. Um, and so, but the, the reality is that I guess 16 and 1000, whatever that boils down to ratio wise right. opportunity doesn't even exist for most of those people at every other distillery. Right. 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 And so I wanted to make sure that you know, a brand that has done such a good job, you know, the team has done such a good job of being connected and being engaged to the the consumers of the market, the people that have actually progressed the brand to where it is now and will keep us progressing to where we, we, we need to go and hope to go, um, that they felt taken care, they took, took them care of as well. And so it's just, there's a lot of different nuance that went into the structure of the program from everything from the design aspects, which, you know, we're known for as well to the juice, to how things will happen when you do your selection to even after. And that was another, uh, kind of focus for me. It's barrel selection shouldn't as, as big of a commitment it is for the consumer to buy, you know, however many dozens of cases of uh, barrel may yield, but it's a, it's a lot of work for the brands too. And I, I can't even put my head around the logistics of putting something like this together. There's a lot. And, and that's, you know, I think to myself, why do all that work? just for a single transaction. I wanted to make sure that we had multiple touch points. People got to participate in events and different social engagement and giveaways and all, just all kinds of things. All in, to, like, uh, like fully immersive brand experience. Precisely. Precisely. Otherwise, Almost as if you're curating it. <laughs> <laughs> the word of the hour for sure. Um, I, you know, I, I'm so passionate and so excited about what this program is going to represent for not just blue run, right? Totally. Blue run, blue, we, we, we are excited and I am excited. And this, this, the program is going to be fantastic. It already has been so far and we're just uh, 90 days in, even if not even that the, I am curious to see who else is watching. And I think it'll be very, very telling as you start to see private barrel programs around the industry and in other spirits industries change. Who does and it so, next? Yeah. Who, who, who does what next? Even yeah. if they don't imitate us, I think there's an opportunity for a lot of brands, especially brands that are legacy brands that have resources beyond what we have right now 
um, to just bring the consumer further along or further into the process. A thousand percent. It is, it's been so whiskey's always been about a group setting and, uh, uh, you know, a communal environment, but in terms of the people making it, this most recent boom is the first time that you're seeing people outside of the core group. Yeah produce. Yeah. So, and look how everyone has grown since it started with, with, with outright uh, outrage and outcry when things get put in secondary barrels to some of the methodology that wasn't the way it's always been done. Yeah. But at the core of it, it's the user experience that drives the the movement. You know, nobody's, <clears throat> you know, this is one of those, <laughs> those funny things. Um, Everybody that's in whiskey right now is in the whiskey business, right? No right. one's making an, all this whiskey for just themselves. And so if nobody's interested in it, or if they're not doing stuff that attracts consumers and why even do it outside of at the scale that people are doing it, that makes it right. you know, that we notice. And so, um, you know, it's not about just making the money, but I want people to talk about what I'm working on. Of course. I want people course. to show, be excited about what, what we have going on here at Blue Run. And so. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that I see an opportunity. I, I think it's going to happen, right? I think it's only going to get better for everyone that's participating. And as other spirits categories start to try to compete and take back some of the space that whiskey's in right now. Uh, yeah, I think there's every, I think there's every reason for brands to start getting creative on how to keep your consumers engaged for long periods of time, not just for that transaction of a moment when they do their pick and when they buy the thing and and then it comes to whatever store they get and they get to take it home and they post it on an Instagram and then it's done. You know, that's (laughs) that's it. it. That's, uh, that's, that's the end of their connection. Yeah. You're, you're creating that emotional bond with the brand. Correct. That's amazing. And a very smart approach in an industry that will have to continue to grow to uh, make sure that the, the number of bottles being put out there, mm-hmm. you're going to have to start strategically approaching the consumer. And the best way to do it is to emotionally engage them. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm an emotional person. I, I think and approach yeah. things, even, even with a, this, the objectivity, it's like, I want to feel good about what I got going on. No, totally. Look at the things you like, like the food there. You, if, if you've ever had a food with no emotional ties, then you've had a bad meal. Yeah. It tastes like porridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look at the whiskey. You've got to make sure that it talks to you. Look, yeah. look at the, uh, I, I know we, 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 we've jumped a little bit in terms of how you got to blue run, yeah. but, uh, I, I know that when you were, um, making, your decision of, of whiskey, like, like you, you chose a brand that resonated with you. Yeah, It exactly. wasn't that there was a job and you took a job. It was, you wanted it to be the thing that made the most yeah. sense for you as a person. Yep. So, so of course the first thing is going to be uh, an emotional experience for the consumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I say things to my friends on this show that I would never say while we're just drinking, they get all the compliments <laughs> when, when we are, uh, I've never seen this side of Jesse. <laughs> And I quite like it. I'll be back next week and the next week and the next week <laughs> getting my emotional filled tank filled. Thank you, Jesse. But no, but, it, but it's true. It's true. And it, it goes, uh, I, I've, I've spoken to you about, uh, meat before and, yeah. and selection of, of which meat goes with what and how you're going to pick a protein for a meal. Like it's, uh, you, you rarely make, uh, uh, an unthought through decision when it comes to things you care about. So yeah, yeah for sure. And I mean, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to praise the folks that were here before me a little bit. Uh, you know, candidly, as you mentioned, like this was, it wasn't a role that was open or anything of that nature. And I, you know, I, 
advocated for myself. Unfortunately, the brand was interested in me as well. Um, but the the things that attracted me to Blue Run as as a consumer, right, uh, and then as a quasi consultant outside of the brand, making sure that I was doing everything I can to champion and make sure they were they were successful, even if I wasn't a part of the brand, uh, was first and foremost the people, right? <clears throat> I, uh, I I can't say enough about people who are smart enough to realize that they don't have it all figured out individually. Yep, and so they build a good team, uh, and so everyone at blue run is successful in a previous career uh you know in a lot of different like high level positions too not just not just head burger flipper right <laughs> no, you know, these no. folks were were crushing facebook it. Yeah. Mike, uh, nike yeah i mean just big 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 time stuff right and even with that um uh even with that 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 resume to stand on they were smart enough to say we don't know shit about making whiskey right and so they went out and found somebody who did and, and they went out and found not only like somebody like <laughs> the body, you know, one of the one, one of the, the heavyweights of the yeah. of, of the industry, and you know, is in rightfully so in the Hall of Fame and still doing what he did to get there. We um, live in such a cool time that there are so many goats like yeah. kicking, still, still imagine and producing. Imagine like Tom, like imagine being in an era where Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, uh, like Usain Bolt in his prime, Tiger Woods in Tiger his prime, Woods in his prime, Muhammad Ali in his prime. We're all still like competing. Like you couldn't get away from the TV. Like we still have Titans in the space, the beams, the, the Shapiro's the nose. Like we have all of these people still, you know, quirky take, like we have all these people still actively involved in the curate in, in the creation of what we get to consume and totally, totally. Uh, I, you know, that's not something Jim, the Jim, I can't not say Jim Rutledge's I, name. At this I was point. waiting on it. I was waiting yeah, on it. I mean, Jim, Jim is, is one of those people that just knows whiskey probably better than he knows himself. It is, it is just an instinctual thing for yeah. him. Like, like I, I would agree with that. Like he might not know what he's feeling, but he knows yeah. what goes in that glass. Exactly. He, he he's like, Hey, I, I got my back hurts. I don't know why, but I know why to make this whiskey. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like I, right. it's like one of those things where he just, he just knows it in and out. And it's cool because he's another one of those people that I think started off as a curious, um, maybe not consumer, but maybe a, a curious doer right. in, in the whiskey right. space early, early years of Seagram's. You know, every com, com job you can think of, it sounds like he's had yep. in and around the distillery to the point where he's worked himself into the master distillery and, and not at a distillery that was just kind of like, you know, all right, cool, make this whiskey and, and that's it. But like the yeast propagation, the ideas that they had with different mash bills and creating different flavor profiles with yeast, like that was so advanced in its time. Everyone else had like, their old grandfather's yeast cistern. And that's, was like that, their, that, that was like their yeast. That was their baby. That's the one thing they used and it's it. And that's all there was good. Like, and, and, that, and, and they would never even think to do something else because, because uh, the recipe's working. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they, at Four Roses, you know, Jim had the opportunity if, if, if he didn't have it, he created it to tinker and figure out what did what when he did it, when he put things together. And so, right. and he's still of that mindset now where he still likes to take his time with things and do them the, uh, the, the calculated way, not the, the quick, fast and in a hurry way to get the whiskey in the glass. He likes to take his time and, and know what the yeast is going to do. If you give it its due time, uh, what's that, what's that, you know, that, that, that's still going to do if you let it run at the temperature that it really wants to run and not rev the engine and get the, get the gas out of the, you know, the tank really fast. Let it go so, organically, not just, uh, uh, 
Don't treat it like a machine. Treat Correct. it like it's got a personality. Exactly. Treat it, treat it, treat it like it's keeping the lights on. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Uh, don't, don't run it down. And so he's, he, he's good for that. And I'll never forget sitting down with him and being able to just like experience sensory with Jim. Um, and it's just one of those, another one of those cool things. The guy just gets it. He'll put a, put a whiskey under his nose and go, yeah, that's what that is. And I'm like, God, like just I'm, immediately, I'm like, going to sniff this glass for five minutes, dude. And, uh, and find four or five things that are beyond what I, what the obvious is. Right. Right. And, uh, but he's, he's really good at that. I did have a fun moment with Jim. Um, you know, we're, we're sipping through, it's actually the 14 year blue run release in Bardstown. And, uh, it was the first time I'd ever done century with him. And it's like my feather, my cap. When I go to the whiskey heaven or hall of fame or wherever I get to go first, um, I'll be able to say that I found a note that Jim Rutledge agreed with. And it was, it was like a green pepper note. It was like a, you know, he, he really likes a lot of the things about the whiskey. And he was like, there's just something I can't put my finger on. And I said, that reminds me of like a, like a, like a green pepper, like a, like a, and maybe like a slightly charred green pepper. And it, I, not only yeah. green pepper, slightly charred, you know, not necessarily to the point where it's falling off the skin's peeling, yeah, but just yeah, like, yeah. A quick, like, a, like a nice singe on it. And he, and he kind of looks over at me and goes, yeah, that's right. And I was like, <laughs> like yes. And I had to keep it cool. Cause we were at a table full of people and I was like, <laughs> mm. but inside I was doing all kinds of Olympic style backflips. Isn't that the hardest thing to do with, with we're, we're both in various circles right now. And, and the biggest thing you can't do is mark out. Can't, can't over, can't over, can't over express. No, Gotta you just have it. to enjoy the fact that you're in the position that you're in. And then when you get in the car or when you get home, yeah. you, you can, you can, Oh, I had, I've had a very good day. Correct. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's for sure. That's definitely one of the things that we got going on right now. Holy <laughs> Lord, man, that would be just the coolest compliment in the world. Exactly. And then you went right back to work. I did. <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh my God. That is amazing, man. Uh, so, so when did you know, like you said, you, you curated your own path. Uh, when did you know that that blue run was for you and, and how long, uh, after that was the, because your first, I know chosen is your first gigantic thing, but you've also been announced as the head of their single barrel program. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about which came first and how you went from single barrels to chosen. Yes. Yeah, so one in the same. So single barrel and chosen are one in the same. And then I have uh, some responsibility from an experience standpoint with our, our larger events. Right. And so chosen, so chosen is effectively the, the title of the private barrel program. Right. And oh, wow. So it's not just a one-time thing. Chosen will be the, oh, chosen will be the overarching. That's, that's the name of our program. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. That's beautiful. And, and there's, there's going to be some synergies throughout. Um, and it's, you know, the word kind of aligned because it really is about selecting something like you're choosing specific things, uh, as it relates to yourself as a consumer. And so you're choosing a barrel where there's a bunch of other items that people will get to choose. Um, you know, even in the process to, uh, like participate, you get to choose your, your label colors. You get to choose your color, your butterfly. And that word choose kept, cho choose kept coming up to the point where I was like, man, this program is all about what gets chosen by the right. consumer. What does the consumer want? And Dude, that takes it to like a whole nother level. Cause it's not just an emotional one time, one and done. It is yeah. an emotional come and experience and let it be a part of forever. Precisely. Dude. It's kind of like one of those adjectives that is also a verb, right? Like right, you, right. it's not just what it is, not just describing it, but it is something that will be done throughout the course of the program. Um, like sting or prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Kind of. I, I mean, if we get mentioned in the same hemispheres as those guys, then we are doing something right. So 
Dude, that's an amazing thing. So let's talk about the logistics a little bit of this. Yeah, yeah. Because not only do you have to engage the nation, you then have to narrow it down. And then you've got to train a bunch of like the one thing you can say about having the same people make barrel picks all the time. Kind of know how it goes. They know how it goes. They yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. How are you going to, for lack of a better word, onboard these people to make their pick? Gross amounts of overcommunication. communication. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where answer ready to go. I am That's so- why this is going to be <laughs> successful. I'm see- look, I, I have a two year old. So repeating myself is not something that I'm foreign to right now. Um, and, and it's also something that I don't necessarily mind doing because I understand that I can say the same thing to the same person 15 times and they just may not be in the headspace to receive it. Right. Or it may just take that many times for them to, uh, to grasp everything that I've said. Right. Um, and so the, the private real program logistically is a bit of an undertaking, right? Like we don't have our own facilities yet. So we are operating in that world. We don't have a place to bring people specifically. And so there's a lot of planning of here's where the selection will happen. Uh, here's what time to be there. Here's right. what to expect. It's also not our house. So we can't stay there for that long and right. get in and get right. out. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, of logistics going into the planning, but what I've tried to do, and that's one of the beauties of being so proactive well before the barrel selections take place mm-hmm. is giving this runway of time for people to say, okay, this is what's coming next. This is what's coming next. This right. is what coming is coming next. And so, you know, when we launched the program, we talked about the press release. The first thing we talked about was essentially um, the portal being opened. And that portal was where people could submit their name and design their bottle. And that was weeks in advance. And then the portal opened and all of a sudden, you know, we got the floods and then we started talking about, Hey, the portal's going to close. Right. Right. <laughs> and then the portal closed. And now it's the next That's day. That's the other thing. Cause you, everyone's going to be, it's a hard line because people are going to be mad if they didn't know that it opened and they're going to be mad yeah. if they didn't know when it closed and th- th- over communication. And I, and I definitely, you know, we're in the space and here's the hard. here's one of the hard things is that, there's always going to be somebody that gets missed. Of course, you know, there's there's billions of people in the world. There's one of me, and right. uh, and, and so I know for a fact that I'm going to have to um, ha- have to support some folks that just missed it the first time. Right. The beauty of that, and to your point, is that this is not a one and done. It's beautiful. Right. If you missed it this first wave, like the next wave, I'm already, I'm already planning into 2025. Is so it'll be an annual thing. So it's going to be uh, seasonal, seasonal, right? So perfect. there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, and our seasons aren't necessarily traditional seasons. There's a, there's a lot of overlap between just like aspects of sports. Right. Right. right? And so you think about the draft portal, you think about, we're going to have a draft day, uh, March 23rd, where we're going to announce the, 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 you know, 16 slots that the people starting get lineup for <laughs> the 2023 yeah. blue run show. Right. There's going to be a first there's going to be the first selection in the blue run draft and the right. and the chosen draft. And it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. And, um, and, and, and then we'll go into the season. So where I'm going to have, whereas you might go to a sporting event or a entertainment event, I'm going to have these selection events where you get to come and hang out with other people in the bourbon industry or in the, in the spirit that are spirits curious or some people that are brand new to it. Right. Um, and do a bunch of fun things, select some fun barrels and have a, create a memorable experience. And then we'll all have to go away, unfortunately. And then your bottle is going to come and then you're going to have that moment. And then at the end of the year, there's going to be this amazing gala uh, in, in Louisville to 
to capstone and celebrate not just the private bail program, because it is a monumental thing, but the brand will have just turned three years old. And right. I, want, I hope that sinks in for folks that are hearing this. That's wild, man. The, the brand will be three years old, you know, publicly in October. Uh, will be three years since we released our first product. And um, the, the ground <laughs> that we've been able to cover, the support that we've, we've, we've had oh, is not something that I've seen in any other brand no. of, of, of any other spirit. No, there's, there's maybe one and, and candidly, there's a heck of a lot more investment going to that company than this one. But like well, not even spirits. When was the last time somebody like debuted a new a sneaker or, or yeah. a new uh, uh, when was the last time a new pizza company came out of the gate and took over? I, I you know, and, and I just maybe I, and maybe there's somebody out there, but I have just not seen a particular brand garner the supportive nature, right? We don't maybe have the biggest following, but our engagement is so tangible um, that, that I want to celebrate that. And I want to celebrate the hard work of not only the team, but the folks that have helped us get here. Um, and I want to celebrate what's to come. So that the gala is going to be that it's going to be a huge event um, that people will be able to, you know, to, to come to and, and, and just let their hair down and, and enjoy some great blue run and, and it's going to be, it's going to be fun. And, and when will that be? That's so the, the draft day is March 23rd, 23rd in Bardstown and, and Bardstown and the gala is a November 30th in Louisville. I'm just making sure I've got these in my brain. Yeah. Uh, but that goes, that's why every time I talk to Mike, he's always smiling. Oh yeah. I, I think Mike understands that like what you guys have right now, uh, that lightning in a bottle, so to speak, and you've not done it without purpose, like everything, like look at the bottle that you guys picked to be, uh, what you put your liquid in, look at how you've chosen your logo. Look at how you've chosen the butterfly. Like, like the reason you guys are connecting with folks is because you're going that extra mile to do so. Yeah. Shout out to Devin McKinney, who's designs everything you see on this bottle is, is it comes out of his brain. Uh, heck of a designer has really done a, a, just a, a, a bang up job of making sure that even if someone doesn't taste the whiskey and which is, it would be a shame. They'll remember our bottle. Right. Right. If you see that bottle twice. You'll know you've seen it before. And it's an important thing right now when you've got so many different labels on the, uh, sh- on the consumer shelf to stand out, but not be obtrusive. Correct. Not be obnoxious, not be, not be uh, like gaudy or gimmicky mm-hmm. or anything mm-hmm. of that nature. Like it's a very elegant bottle that it also, fi- it feels good in your hand. It carries well. It pours well. Um, tastes good, tastes good, always super important, but, uh, and it's elegant, right? It's something that, you know, if you buy it for yourself, you feel good about it. If you gift it to somebody, you feel good about it. It's a, it's a, it's a damn good looking bottle. It is. It's a sexy bottle. And you guys, I love that there's the hardest thing I think with new brands and whiskey is that they've not thought through year two, year five, year seven, year 10. It's hard. It's hard. It's a chess game. Yeah. And, and you guys have it planned out so well that, that that's what you, you know what I mean? Like when I think of some brands, I worry about them running out yeah. or I worry about them overextending into States where I know they don't have enough product to cover that, that market. Yeah. You guys are, are hitting the States you're supposed to, you're buying what you're supposed to, you're making sure that you're kept for the future. We're putting down whiskey like it, as it, much as we can. Yeah. So. And it's a beautiful thing, man. It really is. So cheers to that buddy. Cheers. Hmm. From a personal standpoint, it's been interesting watching you grow through all of this just because all of us got into it around the same time and, and 
we we all move in what we hope is an organic direction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like our, our buddy Ant, he has gone his way and his palate's amazing. I and you've that. gone yeah, your yeah. way yeah. and your palate's amazing. And I can talk. And your so. palate's amazing. Yeah. And, you see, <laughs> and I'm you, a good talker. You, you added some serious value on that last barrel selection. It was fun. Oh, that was a lot of fun. But it's just cool to see. And I only say that because there's now going to be a class coming behind us. Mm-hmm. Like there will be people that are I getting so. into it now. Yeah. But what are the, they're going to have a completely different experience experience than we had. I sure hope so. Yeah. And we're not, not to say that our experience was bad, but like I get so excited for like who's next and what's next. Yes. Uh, you know, nothing I have is worth anything. If I can't pass it on to somebody, even the information, the whiskey, like if I have all this for myself, it's kind of pointless. Right. Yes. So perfectly put. And, and as it, as it grows and expands and we get to a place where some of the things that were, look at what was taboo five years ago. That isn't now pretty much everything, everything, (laughs) everything you see on the whiskey shelf used to be bad juju, except for like straight, X whiskey, a uh, good mature bourbon. Yeah. And, and the people behind us, they're going to be even more experimental than the ones that were borrowing from European methods and yeah. things that really haven't been out of the norm. They've just been out of the norm for bourbon. Yeah. And, and now you're going to see a whole nother level of, of not only consumer, but production. It's, it's a cool time to be in whiskey, man. It, it, it is. And I think the, the other thing that I just, I, I wish I could give people like a, a, repre- a physical or a visual representation into. So it's, it's kind of close your eyes and bear with me, but imagine right now, whatever five years from now is exciting and new is happening. Right. That's right. how whiskey works. Yes. So to, the stuff that we're drinking right now that is exciting and new and, and like unfathomable and taboo, somebody had to be bold enough to do four five, six, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 or either think about, you can tie a lot of that back to Rutledge, man. You sure can. Because yeah. where whiskey was when he started experimenting with that Japanese market and, and kudos to them for letting him too. Yeah. They didn't want to mess with their flagship market, but go ahead, go to the other market. If you think it's going to, wow, this is really good. Yeah. Let's see if it sells yeah. Yeah. a lot of it. I mean, that could really be pinpointed as one of the main factors to this current boom. It's there. It's, it's definitely, I mean, the Asian market is, is prime and ready. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a strong market. And there's not just the, you know, the Seagram's of the world's, but the heaven Hill, I mean, look at heaven Hills product line and look at, look at, look at what would have been just Buffalo trace. Yeah. You know, now Sazerac owns them, you know, because their brand existed so well there. And so like, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about how big industry trends 20, 30 years prior impact 20, 30 years later. It's interesting with the pendulum too, because there could be something we don't even, oh, there's going to be something we don't see or we can't foresee, Yeah, but nobody saw the clear spirits boom either. Nobody saw vodka almost putting us down for the count. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And then same thing now. With Maybe they start doing something new with meth. We don't know. I, you know, and I'm okay. Not <laughs> necessarily partaking in whatever they do next with meth. <laughs> um, uh, that's, that's had its run and hopefully it's, 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 it's Jesus Christ. Hopefully it just gets, <laughs> hopefully it just moseys on down the road. Correct. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. But, um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's funny to see how the, the trends evolve and that's the scary thing about whiskey as well. Like you don't know what's going to, what's going to hit in five. And in, in whenever you think this product's going to be mature, 
Whew, that's such a, I'm glad that rests on your shoulders and not mine yeah. because that's something where that would keep me up at night. I'd spend most of my nights just going, Oh my God, I don't know. Should we have put it in that cask? I don't that, that's, that's, uh, we got people for that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I, I, I joke and it's like, there's a lot of things that I'm glad I don't have to worry about. Even if I think of them, you know, right, even when right. I think about them, um, because we have the right people, you know, Shaylin is a wizard. Good Lord. Her man. palate, her nose, her, her ability to, kind of understand what is and what could be is fantastic. You know, we've got great leadership and Mike and Tim and, and Andy and Devin, all those guys, the founders of the group, Jesse, and, and they really do a great job and down to our sales team with Sammy. And we got, we got some fantastic new people on the sales team. Like we don't have, we don't have a weak spoke in the tire right now. Right. And that feels really, really good to be able to say that we're, we're rolling at a good pace. Uh, we are rolling downhill. And so sometimes it's like, I wish we could find the brakes. Like and by downhill, I mean that there's just so much momentum behind us. Totally. Um, I mean, you guys are going a thousand miles an hour. Right and, now. And, and, and yeah, and the wind's picking up. So we, we've got, we've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming, but I think the team is prepared for it. Even, you know, even when things feel quite overwhelming, you know, a, a release day or day before release, a week before release, a bottling day, you know, we're trying to make sure that things happen the way they're supposed to. Um, everyone seems to buckle down and we get it done somehow. And that feels really, really good. Well, that's what happens when you have a good team in place. Yeah. If there's no, um, if every spoke in the wheel is doing what it's supposed to, then those days go, they're hard, but they're efficient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as we gear up towards March 23rd, mm-hmm. if you have been chosen, yeah. How would you tell people that are on that list to prepare? What would you tell them if you're training, if you're going through your personal Rocky montage, yeah, yeah, yeah. what would you do to get ready for Bardstown? So the first thing that I would say is if you submitted your name into that portal, you would have today got a verification email. So if you put your name into our website uh, over the, you know, the two weeks that or three, three weeks that the portal was open. You today would, being Wednesday March 8th, March 8th. Yeah. An email went out today. Uh, so please do if I mean, check your spam or whatever have you. And it's a simple click to verify. Right. And it's, Hey, we got your entry. We want to make sure you didn't fill out 53 submission, you know, 50, 53 inputs and select all these colors by accident. <laughs> right. We want to do the right thing by people. So click verify if you want to, you know, make sure that you're, you're game to participate. If you do that, you know, hundred percent, your, your name, there will be a token, a wooden token with your name on it that goes into essentially our barrel, our lottery barrel our draft barrel, excuse me. And, uh, and so for that day, I would say, tell your friends, uh, get excited, put it on your calendar, uh, 7 PM Eastern 4 PM, uh, West coast time, Pacific time, uh, and tune in to any of our social channels. So get, just get ready to be excited. Have oh, a that's watch awesome. party. You're going to have a watch party. We're, you know, I so said, you do watch party. So we're doing it. We're going to, we're going to have the event in Bardstown, yep. but we know everybody can't be there. And so we're broadcasting it to every social channel we have. We've Hell got yeah. a production team. It's going to be a full core, like 90 minute show, essentially. Uh, imagine like watching the NBA, NBA draft. draft. That's, a, that's yeah, exactly. Have, have some popcorn, have some whiskey, kick your feet up, put it on your TV and whatever you're watching. You're going to have the Jersey so that when somebody picks something, they stand up, they hold the Jersey. We've got some stuff. Uh, <laughs> we've got some stuff. And, and that's the thing. A lot of the people won't, they get their name called. They won't be in the room. And so right, it's right. like, imagine somebody that, you know, I hate to say it, but it gets picked in the second round of the draft and they're at home with their family right. for whatever reason. Uh, it, it, 
we won't flip home. We won't put production crews in people's family, family houses, but you know, we'll trust that to zoom. You know, we, we would love, you know, guys to post on social media, your watch party, your friends are hanging out or your group's excited because your name's in it. Um, and we want to make sure that it's a big thing for folks. We're going to announce you. We're going to be a, make a big deal out of it. There's going to be posts. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. That's amazing. And then there's going to be like your event. Like you get to come select your barrel at oh my God, something dude. super cool. I mean, I, and I can say this cause it's inked now, but we're, like we're doing selections at the masters. Yeah. So imagine me, we're going to do your barrel selections at the masters in Augusta Good Lord. Or, or during Derby week in Kentucky or in Vegas for other things. And like, like we're doing some really cool events. Um, and we're trying to get spread them out. So they're, you know, within an hour, we're close to as many people as we can. Uh, but it's going to be a freaking awesome event. So plan your, you know, work out, get ready, tune in, make sure you follow, you know, blue run on pretty much every social media site that you can, uh, and make sure that you're just tuned in on the 23rd. So that if your name gets called in one of those 16 slots, like you can go crazy and post about it or just be happy and feel good about it at home. You don't have, we're not, we're not requiring anybody to do anything, but it's gonna be fun. Such a good idea. It's such a fun idea. Yeah. And, uh, which, okay, which blue run bottles, if they're prepping for their March 23rd, if they're prepping for their pick, what would you personally, because I know we've talked about there's no wrong answer, but what would you, where would you send them? Definitely is no wrong answer. I will say just in the spirit of the fact that this is a single barrel program or private barrel program, if you have any of our single barrels, whether it be uh, the 12 days from, or the winter solstice bar- barrels from, uh, from 2022, the 12 days from uh, 2021 or even the 13 and a half year single barrels from 2021. Yeah. Like, like those are all, those are bottles. This this event is worth cracking those or drinking those. Uh, if you don't have those, the next best option would be one of our micro blends flight series. Right. And I'm just thinking because those are bespoke. Those are very curated, small. They won't happen again. This is a celebratory moment. Now, th- th- what I don't want to articulate is that, oh, if you only have high rye or reflection or emerald, uh, or golden rye, even, which is a banger, uh, that you're missing out because right now I am drinking Emerald. Uh, and what I'm likely to be drinking for the nearest fu- near future, which is our cash with rye, what I'm likely to be drinking for the near future is Emerald because it is my favorite of our expressions that's currently available. Um, it, it, it is 116 proof and just, it drinks like it is, uh, meant to be drank at any kind of time of day, similar, very similar to reflection in my opinion. So, um, uh, beautiful rye whiskey. It's the first rye distillate that Jim's actually ever made. And so there's also that kind of tie to history in this bottle. Beautiful. I might have to pour some right now. Yeah. Reflection's always one of my go-tos just from what we talked about earlier. If you're looking for something that's just going to kind of like help you with your day, yeah. um, push, push it a little forward. Yep. Reflection's always one of those for me. Trey, I, I can't tell you how excited I freaking am for you, man. Yeah. You've come into this thing. You've knocked this one out of the park. I can't wait for the 23rd. I can't wait for November. And I can't wait to taste what all of these people are going to choose. I'm super, that's, I'm super excited about that too. Cause I, I'm going through all the samples and doing like nosing every two or three bottles or every two samples, but I'm super excited to see what people choose and see why they choose it and the combinations that they choose it from. And yeah, it's going to be a heck of a good time, dude. Well, if you're in Bardstown, if you're not in Bardstown, show up, watch online, wait till the end of the year when you get to taste some of this goodness. It's Trey Wade. It's Blue Run. It's going to be a damn good time. Make sure that you're there. And if you're not, make sure that you drink that whiskey because you're going to be glad that you did. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Brother. Always a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Cheers. (laughs) 
There you have it, everybody. That is this week's episode. I want to thank my buddy Trey Wade for coming on to the program, the new chief experience curator for Blue Run. Very excited to go to Bardstown next week, be a part of his gigantic chosen premiere of his first private barrel program to see the people that get chosen to be a part of that program. It's going to be a very cool thing. I mean, not everybody gets the chance to be a part of a single barrel pick for a company, much less a company as well respected as Blue Run. So if you do get chosen, know that you're in good company, know that you're going to have a great time, know that you're going to be a part of a pick that will produce a great bottle of whiskey. So Trey, thank you again for coming on. I look forward to sharing many more pours with you in the future. And that was a fun episode, right guys? I mean, Trey's a trip. Not only is, he, not only is Trey a trip, he is a freaking smart dude. I can sit there and talk to him about literally anything. And that's normally what we do. We start with whiskey, we go to food, we come back to whiskey, we go to music, we go all over the place. He's just a wealth of knowledge. He's a very versatile dude. I would say he is the truest sense of a renaissance man of anyone I've met recently. So thank you, Trey. I look forward to drinking with you next week. And speaking of next week, we've got more show, everybody. We've got Irish Whiskey Day coming up. We've got Chicken Cock. We've got a Blind Barrel episode. We've got all sorts of stuff, guys. We've got Fox and Odin. We've just got more than I can even... Evan Williams, holy Lord, we got Jody coming on, the artisanal distiller for Evan Williams. It's just going to be... Oh my goodness, we got Lance, we got Whiskey Hall of Famer coming on the show. It's it's going to be a fantastic uh, season six, so we invite you guys to come back every week for, uh, for another pour. Uh, my name's Jesse Jones. If you would, go hit like and subscribe on all the things. You can find me on the road right now. I'm in Myrtle Beach this week at the Comedy Cabana. Next week, I am in Charleston uh, with a little detour of Bardstown in the middle. So go ahead and find me wherever you can find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the things as well. If you want comedy, I got you covered. You want whiskey, I got you covered. So just keep coming on back and we'll see you guys next week. So let's raise a glass and kick some ass. My name is Jesse Jones. I'll see you guys on down the road. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.